Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. up? It is your boy, Johnny Mack. Back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm joined, as always, with Dan Garcia. And we're back at it for another week of uh, Angels baseball. A good week for good the week. Angels. Good um, week. You're seeing that more and more, which is definitely a, a plus at this time yeah, of year. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that. The later in the season we get and the more we say good week, that means you know they're making a right real push. They're, yep. they're starting to kind of get their feet under them. Considering everything that's happened in the last weeks, uh, Man, it's it's crazy to think that they're even they're even like their heads are in the game right now. Right, you know? exactly. So, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So um, let's let's kick it off. But before we do that, uh, let's let's get a word from one of our sponsors. It's hard to believe, but football is almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August the first. That's right around the corner, and soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sportsbook known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting, is ex- sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, my bookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable, my bookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. Maybe you think Drew Brees and the Saints get their revenge for that terrible blown call in last year's NFC Championship, or maybe you think Tom Brady and the Patriots will will win an unbelievable seventh Super Bowl. Why not make money when your prediction comes true? If you deposit today, my bookie will give you fifty percent deposit bonus. That's right. You put in a hundred dollars, they'll give you fifty. You put in a thousand, they'll give you five hundred. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best. They are even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. For sure. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today with promo code ANGELS. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. So Again, MyBookie, my bookie. ANGELS. Yep. So let's get into it. Um, as we were recording our last podcast, you guys kind of heard it. We were kind of talking about it. The Angels were down in that game. and uh, It was a Matt Harvey start. He went six Last innings. start yeah. ended up being. Ended up being his last <laughs> start as an Angel. <laughs> Six innings pitch, seven hits, six earned runs. The five walks is always going to do it to you. Um, one strike. That was a rough start for Harvey. Um, the Astros jumped ahead early in the in the first, and they really never looked back. The Angels only got two runs in this game. Um, 
on two runs on seven hits, what can you say? Matt Harvey's tenure as an angel, the experiment, I guess you can say, is over. Yeah, I, I was kind of just surprised by this on a couple couple reasons. A, granted he hasn't been the best, but before this start he had a really good start coming back off the IL. Yeah, so I did. thought it may give him one more kind of a one and one, the, the third one's going to break the tie kind of deal. And two, you, you the Angels just need people to eat up innings at this point. You know, um, you see a lot of – uh, guys coming up and down. I'm guessing Harvey, you could deal with Harvey, but you couldn't really. Like, reports said he wouldn't have been thrilled if he was going to the bullpen. So I guess that was not an option. But yeah, so they, they sent him his packing papers. He got released later that week. But um, yeah, uh, again, uh, tough offseason for the Angels so far. You look at their big quote unquote signings. You have Allen, you have Cahill, you have Harvey. Um, you know, those haven't panned out obviously the right. way you wanted to. But then you do have the not so public sized signings that are working out, you know, La Stella before the injury, Goodwin, Goodwin um, Luke Croy, you know, yeah, Kevin so, Smith, Kevin Smith, yeah, as of late, he's come on. So a little bit of uh, a uh, wish and a wash with it. You just, you know, would have liked the big name guys, the big money guys to kind of pay off, but. You know, so far they haven't, but, you know, good good thing is it's one-year contract and you can move on. I was just about to say that. You, you one-year contract, it doesn't work out, you wipe your hands clean, walk away. Um, and it came out that had he had Harvey had made 15 starts, he would have earned an extra $250,000. So. Yeah, see, I, I mean, didn't know that. If I would have yeah. known that last, last podcast, knowing that that number's then, coming then, up, <laughs> then you'd be like, okay, well, now this is the time to make a decision for but, money reasons. But like you said, I honestly thought, Angels need a guy that can eat up innings. I thought having a guy like Matt Harvey on your roster can, you know, even if he's not starting at peak quality performance and you do move him to the bullpen, he could be a guy that you can plug in there and give you innings when somebody just passes right. a party. Outie. Spot starts, right. um, you know, whatever. I mean, there could have been other mm-hmm. um, uses for him, but like I said, knowing that money coming off the books, coming to him, if, you know, he got a couple more starts is, is another reason why uh, it looked like they gave him his walking papers. Right. So the Angels lose this one 6-2 and ends up being a series split with the Astros. I'll take it right. all day long. And, and kind of what we were saying, too, when mm-hmm. you win those first two games against Houston, kind of at that point you're just playing with house money. It doesn't really matter what happens in the next two games because you're guaranteed a split. And you split against the Astros, you win, you sweep against – um, uh, Seattle, and then you take another two out of three from Seattle is is definitely something you'll take. So series split heading into Friday against the Mariners in Seattle. <laughs> wow, we almost witnessed perfection from the same guy who the Angels just a week before tagged for several runs in the first inning. Weird baseball is. I mean, Leak was on his game. What more can you say? In this one, Berea got rocked. He gave up nine hits, ten earned runs, and three and two-thirds of an inning. Um, yeah, first base runner wasn't until top of the ninth when uh, Luis Renvifo yeah. came up, and and he got uh, a base hit to, to start the inning. But before that, it was you know not even, not even a, a no-hitter watch. It was a perfect game watch. So um, you don't like that kind of history going against you. And, and it, like you said, it was kind of just an odd. Um, Jaime had kind of an outing that Leak had previously with the Angels again when they had their combined no-hitter. So that was kind of interesting to see and interesting how uh, everything kind of turns around. Yeah, we have an email kind of about this, uh, about Berea anyway. His ups and downs. His we'll get to that. I, I pulled some and, numbers, but, yeah. yeah, definitely we'll get to that a little yeah, bit later. It's crazy. But like you said, that's a game of baseball where the same guys that just a week before was just getting drilled comes out and just – 
He's Cy Kills Young him. all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah, and, and crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's just same just, lineup, same lineup, same everything. It's just figuring um, it out. I don't. I mean, part of it too might be the fact that Jaime was getting lit. So maybe I don't know. Maybe players felt like they had to. Um, press a little bit more. They're not as relaxed, but right. yeah, definitely just a weird situation about, up in uh, Seattle on on Friday. Talk about making adjustments, man. Mike Lee did it that day, but again, like you said, Rain Hefo singles to right as the only bright spot of the game for the Angels in this one. They lose ten to nothing, so not a good way to start off a series against the Mariners, a team that you need to beat. But what do they need to do? Bounce back, and that's win exactly the, what yeah, they did. Win the series. That's more important than winning a single game is winning the series. Yeah, that's exactly what they did moving into a win, uh, uh, the 20th, uh, which would be Saturday's game against the Mariners out there in AT or T-Mobile Park, it's called now. Canny went five innings, four hits, two in runs, a walk, six strikeouts. You know, in this one, the Mariners took the uh, lead first uh, scoring on back-to-back innings, giving them a 2 nothing lead. So then, you know, you fall behind. You're like, oh, man, here we go. Uh, hopefully that they can get yeah, this going. Yeah, and especially, know. too, with, with Canning kind of having the outings he's had the last couple of times, getting five innings out of him and only giving up two earned runs is definitely a plus because, you know, before this, the, the two outings before that were really, really rough for him. So hopefully, um, I don't know if it maybe got his mind mm-hmm. cleared a little bit more or maybe he found something mechanical-wise that um, – but, but hopefully this is kind of the turning point where he is able to – um, continue to build and continue to grow as you know a pitcher that the Angels are definitely going to need down the stretch now and down the stretch you know in years to come for sure. In the fourth, the Angels would uh, tie it at two, and it would stay that way until the ninth, when the Angels would score four runs with two outs, and this one was capped off by a Mike Trout three-run shot. Next pitch, Trout drills the ball into left center field. It's out by the wall. Trout ahead. That's three more runs on the board, courtesy of Trout, and the Angels now lead it six to two. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not. So the Angels would win this one six to two as the Undertaker shuts the coffin. Does he really? I thought he didn't have a save, did he? I thought he did. Uh, whatever. I just like to play it. Whatever. No, 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 he didn't. He doesn't get the save. He just shut the coffin. Okay, the same difference. Yeah, I'll take it. it was, I was like, it was, I, didn't, I didn't see anyone yeah, save it. Yeah, it wasn't a save, okay. but, you know, he came in and got I the I think he needed to get some work in. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, moving into Sunday's game. So, I the Angels win that one, 62. Uh, right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs> we're moving into Sunday's game and, you know, looking for the series win after losing the first one and then winning the night before. So, in this one, going into it, yeah, I was kind of looking. I was like, okay, let's hope for the best. Dylan Peters is starting. Don't know what to expect. You're about to say very unknown. Very, yeah. uh, he's been up. He's been back down. He's you know he's kind of done different things for the organization right now. But like you said, the question was out there: what was going to happen? What can mm-hmm. you expect from from uh, Peters? Yeah. So he goes five innings, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. He pitched well. I think he did a nice job of mixing his pitches. Uh, just spotting his pitches. And, uh, he yeah, just seemed yeah. he poised out there. No, and, and, and for a spot start, which exactly. this was, this uh-huh. is exactly – if you can get five innings, um, no earned runs, and any kind of spot start, regardless of who it is, you'll take that every time. So it was definitely a, an encouraging outing mm-hmm. um, for Peters. He got sent down afterwards, but I have a feeling that he'll be up um, sooner rather than later to fill in from the spot start, seeing mm-hmm. that – um, the Angels' starting uh, pitching staff is kind of have a little bit of holes, being that Andrew Haney's on the IL. Right. So, Angels will score first on a solo shot by Albert Pujols, and in the fourth, they tack on two on a two-run home run by Brian Goodwin. Goodwin shoots one out to left field. That ball has got some carry to it. Tim Beckham back to the wall, gone. 
Brian Goodwin goes oppo. Two-run shot, three-nothing Halos. And later in the game, the Angels would keep adding, and Mike Trout would, or Mike Trout would keep adding to it. He'd go big for in the seventh, and then Garneau would join in on that parade with an right. absolute just he just drilled. And any kind run. of production you can get from him yeah. or the catching position in general, yeah, you'll take that. So the Angels end up winning this one nine to three, and they they win the series. Right now, he'd be saying we're nasty. <laughs> Again, series wins are important. You know. Um, Take it one game at a time. Try to win every series, and, you know, good things will happen. Especially against teams like Seattle where you need to beat. You need to beat those teams that are below you. Um, you know, you can kind of split with the Houstons, the Yankees, the the teams up there. But when it comes to playing teams below you, like a Seattle, like um, we'll see coming up this series, coming up with, with Baltimore and then, and then Detroit after, you need to win those series. And if not, at least win the series, uh, sweep them. Yeah, for sure. So – they had an off day Monday, coming back to Anaheim. It was uh, Tuesday, or not in Anaheim, back to L.A. LA. LA uh, but, you know, they probably parked their cars in Anaheim and, and took the bus yeah, over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Drive us over there. So it was the the finale of the freeway series. You and I said it before. It wasn't it wasn't going to be a sweep unless they actually swept all four games. Right. And, so. and the way I looked at it, too, was that, okay, it's not a two-game series and a two-game series. It's a four-game four series, series that got split. Oh, let's yeah. see, you know. So coming into it, you, the worst they can do is a split, which was but, cool. Well, yeah. It was cool. You yeah. know, you, you you protected your house, quote unquote, protected the house, right. um, winning two in Anaheim. Now you're back in L.A. to see what you can do with that. So, again, mm -hmm. NL rules. Um, no Otani in the lineup. No Otani in the lineup. Um, he would make an impact, but right. no no regular Otani. And, and this the double switches, the pitching changes, the no, the think that, okay, am I going to pitch hit now or give him another inning? The, that kind of stuff gives – makes al fans like us they don't see it every every day kind of you know a little bit of an interesting uh aspect to the game that you're just not used to yeah for sure so this one started with the opener tater cole one inning one walk two case didn't allow run pena went three and two-thirds to give up three hits one earned run three walks five strikeouts i got a lot of notes here so here we go bear with me <clears throat> take a breath right. the angels got on the board first they did okay so uh, with a pinch hit single, and we just mentioned it, Otani found his way in there. Pinch hit single yeah. by Otani. What did you think about at the time it happened? Because this is, like you said, it was early in the game. Right. It was obviously they had the opener, so um, you thought this was a possibility when that pitching spot came up, knowing that he's not going to be in there long term. Right. When they burned Otani as early as they did, what did you think at the time? Yeah, I, you know what? Against the Dodgers, against a, a good team like the Dodgers, when are you going to have another opportunity to score runs? You had runners in scoring position, and that's what Victor and Gooby yeah. said on the broadcast was right. like, well you burn him early but you're not guaranteed yeah. that you're gonna have opportunity with right. him coming up with right. guys on base or guys in scoring position you so. don't use him and you you use somebody else and that other person doesn't you don't have a high a higher chance of scoring right early. exactly and it paid off he yeah. singled the run scored the exactly hit yeah. early and his day um, was done yeah now it. <laughs> he could hit the showers yeah, he's done after the car out and take yeah. a shower in the second the dodgers um uh what do i have here yeah the dodgers uh, oh yeah, no, this is this is cool right here. Okay, so <laughs> in the second, the Dodgers uh, threatened with Muncie at second. Uh, with Muncie at second, Seager comes in and singles to center field, and Mike Trout comes up throwing. Seager lines him beyond the reach of Anderson Simmons being waved around. Is Muncie? Here comes the throw to the plate. A good one, and they got him. I mean, an absolute laser from center field. Statcast had it at a nine. I think what was it like ninety-eight point six or something? Yeah, like uh, miles per hour. From center field, just an absolute dime, just on the spot. Um, 
you know, Trout coming into the his career, I guess you want to say, that was the one thing people weren't sure about him was his arm. Um, but over time, and you saw that, I think he took a big jump after the 2016 season coming into the 2017 season. He made it a point to work on that a lot during the offseason. I think last season was the first time you saw that kind of start paying off. And now he's now he kind of does have that reputation of having an arm, having um, – a, uh, a reputation of not trying to test him like a Cole Calhoun, um, but wow. you know, just hasn't had it as long as right, Cole. Right. Um, but it's something where, you know, like I said, coming in, that was the quote unquote weakness in his game. But now you can tell he's been working at it and, and the shows and, and plays like this where, you know, uh, 98 miles an hour um, throw to home doesn't happen just to anybody. Uh, it's crazy to think that the greatest player on earth keeps getting better. And that's the crazy part too. Even crazy. offensively, crazy. he he's, you know, and, and again, we're talking about the Dodger game, but a lot of talk coming into it and how MLB and, um, you know, anybody kind of build it up was, you know, Trout versus Bollinger and, 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 um, and oh, the, the, you know, this year's MVP versus last year's MVP, or um, both of them are favored to be this year's right, MVP. Right, right. And people are saying, well, look at his numbers. His, his numbers are way better than Trout. So I'm like, yeah, you know, people are going to have better re- um, stats, counting stats as Trout from time to time. That's just, it's going to happen. But the fact that he's been consistent with it, I mean, you're going to have a year by a Mookie Best that might have a little bit better. But where's Mookie now? Right. You're going to have years better where Miguel uh, Cabrera. But where is he now? Yeah. You know, the constant in the MVP race for the past, you know, six years has been trapped. The other guys around him have changed. Right. So to say these guys are challenging, quote unquote, challenging for the best player in the game, you can't no. do it in one season. It's one right. of those things where. You know, if, if Bollinger is in the top three and MVPs in the next three or four right, years, right. then yeah, then right. you can have a conversation. But one year That's in, ex- you have to you have to let it grow because yeah. Trout's been doing it since he came up to the right. majors, and that from day one. That's the more, to me, like you say, he's getting better. He's getting better. That's cool. But the consistency in which he doesn't have a down year, even when he's injured right. and misses significant time like I he mean, did last year. Last year, he, he could have won the MVP had he not if missed he, a if, month. Yeah, yeah exactly. If he plays 24 tw- games. But say if, you, if he plays 20 of those 24 games yeah. he missed, he wins MVP yeah. easy. How many more home runs than Harvey Isaacs? Yeah, that's a conversation that I had with uh, somebody uh, a couple weeks ago where they were telling me Bellinger, he's the best player in the game. And I said, come back at me. When he's done it six or seven, I mean, years he in could a row. be the best player in this and year. That's fine. Like, yeah, I, like six, I, I, seven years in a row, right? Yeah, but when you're say the game, you're kind of looking at the, yeah. the last. You know, I'm not gonna say last five years, but I'm saying like at least last two, three years. Right. I mean, you're talking about the same guy, Bollinger, that got pulled out of the World Series last year because he couldn't hit lefties. Now, granted, he worked on it and now he's doing a lot better. Great. Now let's see where it goes next year. Right. All right. So keep to keep going with this game in the bottom of the fourth. The Dodgers would eventually tie this game. But in the top half of the fifth, Trout quickly unties it with a massive home run. And that is hammered out to deep left field. That is long gone. Big fly for Mike Trout. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're stuck. We suck. <laughs> Calhoun adds an RBI double. So Calhoun in this game would have a double home run and a double. I mean, after the next game, I have some numbers that are going to okay. blow your mind. Uh, they would score three runs in the inning, putting them up 4-1. to one. L.A. would get within one, making it a 4-3 game. But then Cal- Cole Calhoun would hit a solo home run and head it into the ninth. The Angels would take a 5-3 lead. Five three lead. And the Dodgers, man, they had to make it interesting. You know they would. Ha- they, you know they would. Um, they had a run with Bellinger representing the tying run at second base. Kiki Hernandez would single to right field. And Cole Calhoun would fire a rocket. That is shot to right field, a base hit. Cole comes charging in. Bellinger's being waved around. 
The throw from Calhoun, a good one. Get him! What a throw by Cole Calhoun. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. <laughs> I mean, nailed Ballinger walk by off. a mile. A mile. I mean, how, how often do you get a walk-off um, you know, assist? Assist, yeah, yeah. like A walk-off assist is crazy. Um, like you said, it wasn't even close. No, I got him by a mile. And, and it wasn't a guy that's that's you know heavy and and no, runs like Albert. It's fast. He's this you know he he, he can move. Yeah. But yeah, that was at like a ninety three or ninety one miles an hour off. Uh, I, no, think I think had it was ninety six or ninety six. I know it was. I just know it was. I know it wasn't as fast as no. Trout, but um, it was still was moving, and it was on one of those things where the catcher didn't have to move. It was in the right place at the right time, and it was yeah, it was nailed. I mean, like ten feet. Undertaker. Oh yeah, definitely. That and that was the cool thing too. Walking it or not walking, but like talking about the game the next day. Um, you know, whatever happened, you're guaranteed a three-one series win. You know, whatever. Because I think you even said, "Oh, well, at least we got the split." I'm like, "No, we got a three-to-one at the worst case scenario." So bragging rights. Uh, yeah, I mean it's cool. I mean, there's a Dodger fan question kind of deal later on yeah, too, but we'll you know, it was cool. So heading into Wednesday, the Angels are going for the series sweep, which a four-game sweep of the Dodgers for the series. In this one, Berea pitches five innings to give up three hits, one earned run, two walks, three strikeouts. The Angels would score first on a RBI double off the bat of Cole Calhoun. And in the fourth, Cole Calhoun does it again. He homers to give the Angels a two-to-nothing lead. The sky went out to deep right field. Bellinger moving back on it. On the track, at the wall, gone. Big fly for Cole Calhoun. It's two-nothing Halos. The Dodgers would answer back with a Turner solo shot, and then the Angels would score one more time. On a sack fly by Trout. And the Dodgers would add a run, but that would be all. As Undertaker comes in to tombstone the Dodgers. And he gets the save, and the Angels sweep a four-game season. Right now, he'd be saying, we're nasty. So, yeah. First time ever in this interleague format, um, the Angels have swept the Dodgers during the season. Um, and kind of coming into this, I mean, I guess technically they still are, but coming into this, this year, the series has been, you know, fairly close as far as uh, wins and losses um you know this these games are always pretty close these games are always competitive which as fans you know the la anaheim kind of deal that i guess that's what you're looking for you, one way or the other you don't want it to be a five to zero game eight to zero game like these games that are um close and it comes down to a home run here or a play at the plate there um you know it makes it exciting for fans it makes it exciting for the players i'm sure very close games, very exciting. I mean, uh, it, games they go. I mean, Monday. I think Tuesday's game went to about eleven o'clock. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, yesterday's game was probably around ten, ten thirty. Still very late, but it's just so you don't want to you don't want to move from the TV. You want to know what happens next, and that's what you want when you when you sit down and watch a game. You want to be from pitch one to the last pitch. You want to be you know in the game, in the game, and, and not miss a single pitch. But right. kind of going back to what. Um, Cole having the the series the great series, um, he went six for nine with two home runs and four RBIs, but the crazy part is though he had also those other hits that weren't home runs were doubles. Yeah. So he had two base hits. So he had two home runs and four doubles in one series, a two game series too. That's some numbers are that's numbers you'll take in a four game series. He for did sure. it. He did it in two, sixteen total bases. Wow. So I mean again, um, he has historically has had 
a lot of success at Dodger Stadium. I don't know if, if there's something with the batter's eye that he just really likes and he can pick up the ball yeah. really well or what, but he had himself a game not only offensively but, you know, defensively. Last year when he was struggling, people were saying, why is he in, why is he in? I think on the Tuesday game, he showed why he's always in the lineup regardless of kind of offensive production because – he changes the game defensively more so than I think anyone, maybe other than Simmons, but he can change the game defensively more than anyone um, can on that team. Absolutely. He, if you're not doing it with the bat, he can definitely do it with his defensive skills. I mean, you saw that diving play a couple last week, maybe a couple of days ago when he did that diving play out there in right field. And then obviously the it's, assists yeah, it's changes easy, the game. Yeah, it's easy to see the assists on outs, but it's hard to judge um, – when guys don't get sent home because they know it's Cole. Cause that's, there's not a stat for that. You right. know, there's not a stat saying, well, we held this guy at third because Cole had the ball and then the next play gets an out. Right. And, and he saves a run that way. Yeah. You know, so, um, he's always affecting the game offensively, defensively, and it's just been a really good bounce back year for him. Um, you know, him struggling last year, but it's definitely been a good bounce back uh, for him this year. No, well, no doubt. So, uh, heading into a couple of news and tidbits here, we did talk about Matt Harvey being, uh, DFA'd. He's gone now. Yeah, Harvey's DFA'd. I guess the big things about um, this week was Harvey DFA'd. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Uh, Andrew Haney went on the IL with a sore, sore, sore shoulder. Say that five times fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the Dylan Peters start. That would have been that would have been Andrew Haney's spot. So um, he threw a little bit today. Again, we're recording Thursday um, evening, right before the Angels game. But he he threw a little bit at the stadium today. So we're hopefully um, he said. He's just hoping to not throw for a couple days and see how it goes there. So um, big test is going to be tomorrow how he feels. Um, another thing that came out today, again, Thursday, is Jonathan Lucroy starting a rehab assignment with the uh, single-A Inland Empire 66ers this weekend on Friday. Um, all reports are kind of saying right now that it's going to be a two- to three-game kind of deal. Um, so you're looking for, like, the weekend series, but he could be very easily activated on Monday. Mm-hmm. And um, – you know, other than that, you know, that's kind of the the, the bigger news. Um, we touched on it a little bit last week with the, the King and Middleton getting kind of shut down a little mm-hmm. bit, having yeah. a setback, but no really new news from that. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it from, you know, some guys are coming back. Hopefully um, we get Andrew back, but, you know, it, we'll, we'll see how it goes from here. Absolutely. So that does it for our weekend review slash news. Every segment, every week we do this, kind of keep you guys updated on the on the on the season. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. But before we do that, I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot makes a great deal, yellow dot means a good deal, and a red dot means not so good deal. So use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? Use promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. 
Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Again, a quick thank you to our sponsors, www.epicradiotv.com, and of course, groomgoon.com, SeatGeek, and MyBookie. So, let's get into it. Uh, regular segment on the show, and I do mean regular, unlike another segment Chris. in our show. Uh Regular segment of our show, the poll question. Dan, go ahead, man. Yeah, so again, this is our poll question on Twitter every week. Um, if you guys aren't following us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Every Monday I try to put a, uh, a, a poll question out there kind of relevant to what's going on in baseball, Angels baseball, or just you know, kind of fan stuff in general. Um, this week, being that last weekend was the Hall of Fame ceremony, out of the, the, re- the players that recently played, um, which one was your favorite? And we have Doc Holliday, uh, Roy Doc Holliday, Edgar Martinez, Mario Rivera, or Mike Mussina. Uh, Mario Rivera won the poll, but barely 40% to Roy Holliday, 37%. Mm. Um, Edgar Martinez was 17, and then Mike Mussina was at 6. So where did you vote in this uh, poll? Okay, so I'm probably going to get a lot of heat from a lot of our fans and a lot of our listeners, but I am not uh, don't understand why. The hatred for this team, but uh, Mariano Rivera, um, because uh, my dad's a Yankee fan. My dad, my dad's seventy six years old, so there was no professional or major league baseball being played out here in Southern California when he was growing up. So he would listen to Yankees games on the radio. So he was a, ra- a Yankees fan, and growing up, um, obviously my dad stayed a Yankees fan, and I would cheer on the Yankees in the playoffs because the Angels wouldn't be in the playoffs, but at least I had a playoff team to cheer for. Of course, I wanted my dad's team to win, so I grew up, you know, being, what, 15, 16 years old when Mariano came up and watching him progress. I I watched his career as an outside, kind of outside fan of the Yankees, and not just what he did statistically, but this man as a human being, as a class act on and off the field, Never showed that, um, like that um, showboaty type. Uh, he was just confident, and you just knew when he came in and entered Sandman play, the game was over. The guy pitched the way he did using maybe two two pitches. No, it was ball. it was one pitch. Let's well, be honest. The the cutter, <laughs> and you knew it was coming, but they couldn't hit it. And that and just so with his command of the strike zone. Uh, Definitely unanimous, uh, no doubt a unanimous uh, Hall of Famer. And, you know, it's pretty soon I think Derek Jeter, too, will be the unanimous. So I went with them, too. I went with Mario Rivera because of the fact, like you said, you can't fight greatness. Like, no, you can't. You just can't. And to see what he did. And I'm talking about – and now I'm looking at postseason stats right now. So oh, we're talking goodness. about postseason stats – the that best, the best of the best. Ridiculous. I mean, you're not playing the third and fourth place team in, in the AL Central. Like you're playing the best teams. He won. He won 141 innings pitched. I was just about to say that he pitched more than one inning on several occasions. And, and it's it's and over the long haul, it, that's like two seasons for some relievers. You know what I mean? 
out of those 140, I don't know if you know this by heart, but don't look at my computer screen. Okay. Cheater. Um, 141 innings pitch. Okay. How many home runs did he give up? Yeah. I'm trying to think back because I've watched every Yankee postseason. I mean, crap. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's zero. Uh, but I'll be, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to undersell it either. Just give it to me. You're pretty close with zero. One, two. Two. Two home runs. He's given up two home runs in play. I'm talking about playoffs. And, and that the to Yankees me, were in the playoffs every year, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. 141 games. Yeah. Two home runs. Whole season. How many earned runs? That's a whole season. 140, 162 games in a season, but 141 games. Well, the relievers don't exactly. pitch every game. So I'm saying that's like two full seasons for, even, for some relievers. Right. And two he, home runs. And he's playing the top of the top of the competition that year. So, again, like I said, 141 innings pitched. How many earned runs do you think he gave up? 142. He did give up. He blew some saves there. I'll um, give you a hint. It's more than two. Well, yeah. Um, wow. I'll say, like, I'll go with the under 10, and I'll say eight. Ooh, close. 11. 11 earned That's runs. That's very impressive. Yeah. So I mean, good God, dude. So when you are the best at something, I have to vote for you to, to, you know, I mean, this Hall of Fame class wasn't bad. Like, considering yeah. the guys that went in, I think Roy Holiday was a very underrated uh, pitcher by people, I think, of our generation, maybe a little younger, because he wasn't like a flashy guy. Edgar Martinez, all he did was hit. His, oh, his whole thing Martinez. was he's a DH, so that kind of was a thing against him, but... When Edgar. it comes to straight hitting, he was he was unbelievable. Edgar killed the right. Angels. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I mean, geez, every time he came up to bat, he was something was going to happen. Uh, very deserving. I'm glad he got in. I thought he was deserving. I thought he should have gone in before. So obviously. one of the guys that meant that that commented on our Twitter again, it's Halo underscore Haven. This is at Halos and Pizza, which is if you're going to have two combinations, that's, that's a, a good, good combination. combination. I like it. Um, he said Moose is a Hall of Famer because of the Yankees. Monterey Rivera cost too much pain. Doc and Edgar, uh, Doc and Edgar, and voted for Edgar because I respect a guy who can only do one thing but do it better than anyone else. Well, you know the the, the thing with Edgar and everybody talks about, oh, he only DH'd. I get it, but he was a very good third baseman when he was at third base. Injuries. Yeah, denied I mean, him the. I mean, the his ability. legs and stuff yeah, like that. But hand, he had a hamstring yeah. issue uh-huh. his whole exactly. career. Yep. Could not stay on the field and stand on. He just couldn't, and that sucks because he was a very good third baseman. Very good. Third oh, baseman. definitely. So again, um, that was our weekly poll question. Again, uh, every Monday we'll put up a poll question on our Twitter Halo underscore Haven. Comment, um, share it. We're trying to get as many people as we can to vote on it to get a nice big sample size. But definitely um, comment on it. Some of the good comments we'll get, we'll, we'll read them. We'll give you a shout out. Um, but definitely uh, check us out on Twitter if you're not already on there. Okay, so moving on to our another segment of the show. It's probably one of my favorites, but if not the fa- my favorite, because we have some very loyal listeners who always email us, and I love answering the questions. So uh, at least I'm excited that people want to know from want to know our thoughts and opinions on it. So uh, I mean, you know, I guess that sound makes me sound. We still like don't know myself, why they. But, we still don't know right. why they want to, but they do. It's so cool. that's cool. But uh, this one comes from a very loyal listener. It's Duncan Healy from Dead Horse, Alaska, and I'll always say that. Okay, I'll beat it. Like a dead horse. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, he says, how sweep it is. How sweep it is. Can we call it a sweep now, boys? Yeah, we can, yes, call, it we can call it a sweep. We can call it uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Angels are playing well. If they can keep winning series, they will be in, a, in decent shape to make a run. 
but a lot of baseball left. However, why does it feel so good to beat the Dodgers? Keep up the good work, guys. What do you think? I think it's just uh, um, just whenever you can brag to someone in your own backyard, I think that helps. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's probably the main reason why it, it, it quote unquote feels so good. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone knows a family member. Everyone knows a coworker. Everyone knows yeah. a friend that's a Dodger fan. Right. And I'm sure every Dodger fan has the same situation with Angel fans. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's cool for the the four or five games they have a year to kind of brag about it. But then you kind of go back into your own little shell. You know, Dodgers being in the NL, uh, Angels being in the AL. You kind of just now you start focusing on um, that stuff. But you know, for like I said, for the handful of games a year, it's pretty cool to just kind of talk. Um, I know my uncle. He's a he's a big Dodger fan, and I just I I blew up his. Um, text messages last night and, and he didn't get back to me to this morning because he's old and he probably was asleep and if you listen to this George I'm talking about you <laughs> uh, I had to post something on my Facebook that I have a, my whole family are Dodger fans except for one uncle and we were Angel fans uh, everybody else are Dodger fans and man I kept getting oh we're gonna get you guys and I just kept getting text after text and I don't, I'm the type of person that doesn't talk smack until my team does something and they finally they swept them so I put the Shout out to Angel's art. He put a cool uh, he put a cool edit together where he, the big A was out in center field at Dodger Stadium. It was really cool. So I posted it and I and I you know said my two cents and said, hold on, let me let me let me give the excuses for the Dodger fans, save you guys some time. Anyway, I got like 28 comments, the most comments I've gotten on a Facebook post in quite some time. So I had some do- some angry Dodger fans. I say fans. that's weird how that happened. You, yeah. you touch a nerve, I think, with some people. Yeah, I'm some people saying. are a bit defensive. Uh, <laughs> so. Moving on. Defensive much? Yeah. Before we go, before we go to there, we'll because we also do a – we are also live on our Instagram feed, and I asked for questions today. So one question um, from Hartford underscore Halo. Will Calhoun – with Calhoun playing lights out, do you see him getting traded for a pitcher before the trade deadline? Um, I mean, we've talked about this already. I, I just don't think – I think the Angels are staying pat. I don't think that anything's happening uh, – Cal, you got to look at the teams that need, that are, are in a position to win and, and, and to make the playoffs. You got to look at those teams and say, is Cole Calhoun a necessity on that team? And then with the Angels playing better, they're still in it. They're, they're not out of it. Anything can happen. So I, I just don't think it's happening. I, I, don't, think it, I don't think it was going to happen before he got hot either. I just I think the Angels are staying pat. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much the same way with you on that. Um, you know, for Cole to have to for Cole to be traded, I think he needs to be traded with a piece because a lot of times if yeah, if you're yeah, if you're, you're, get, if, you're get, if you're getting a quote unquote rental yeah. from a team that's out of the playoff picture, well, right. the rental doesn't do you any good. You're gonna want a a minor league piece to go with it, and I think you know. I think Joe is probably an untouchable right now. Everyone else is probably kind of up for grabs, depending on what the deal is. Yeah, but depending on who you get back. Exactly, in but um, you're not. I don't think you're going to get a Cole, a one for one MLB player for MLB player no. with that. I think it's going to be more of the um, Cole plus a prospect will get you a three four year guy under control. Other right. than that, um, you could trade Cole for a team that's contending right now that might um, need a bat. But then again, you look at the teams that need a yeah, bat and there's, and there's, there's, there's really no none. Yeah. I mean, uh, pitching is going to be the big thing between the Astros, the Yankees, yeah. the Brewers, the, and, the, um, nationals need bullpen help. The, right. uh, 
who else? Might, Philadelphia Dodgers. Needs, Dodgers mm-hmm. need bullpen help. Philadelphia needs starters. Yeah. So um, it's going to be a, a pitcher's market out there for right. starting pitchers. So I, I just don't think you're going to be able to get and, what you want for right. just Cole Calhoun. You're right. going to package it with, a, with and, something. And I, all we keep hearing is, hey, Angels, are they going to trade Cole for a pitcher? Well, the, there's so many demands for pitchers. I mean, what kind of pitcher are we going to get back in return? Who's going to trade us a pitcher that's going to do anything for us? You got to look at that, too. Like, we're going to trade Cole Calhoun, but what, who's going to – be willing to give up a solid pitcher for Cole Calhoun. I mean, it, it just, just doesn't make doesn't make sense in my eyes. You never know; anything can happen. Um, we've been proven wrong. Matt Harvey's gone, so yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why well, I, I gotta bring a bullshit? Trevor Billings writes into us, and again, you guys can email us at allangelspodcast at gmail So he said, "Hi. So with the Angels playing a bit better, uh, and, and they're right there in the thick of things, do you see them going on getting a little help pitching wise?" At the deadline, it's right around the corner. I mean, we just kind of answered. Well, yeah, I mean, I see them going out, or I'm not going to say I see them getting a pitch. I see them going out, asking questions, seeing who's who and who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's going to be come back to see what you want to give up. Right. Uh, a pitcher that is has more years of control left is going to cost you more. So exactly. now you're talking about instead of maybe a – 30 to 25 range prospect. Now, if you get a guy with multiple years of control, that's going to probably cost you a top 10 prospect. For and, sure. No, no, and do no you, And do you want that to um, – do you want to do that? And, and, and for as hard as – and we talked about it a little bit. If you guys haven't listened, I talked to um, Taylor Blake mm-hmm. Ward and posted it yesterday. We kind of talked about how hard it is to build up a farm system the way that the Angels have as far as – you don't tank. You still always try to be competitive. Whether or not you compete, that's a different story. But you try to, and you don't go the the Astros and Cubs route where you tank. Tank. So, yeah. um, all that hard work, are you willing just to kind of throw it away for a, a rental or a guy for two, three years if you're going to give away a, a top prospect? So, mm-hmm. I see them going out, testing the market, seeing what's going to be out there. But I don't see them necessarily um, getting a huge name. I think it's going to be someone maybe at the back end of the rotation that can help them get innings, help them. Um, you know, maybe in the bullpen if they do make the playoffs. But um, there's no one out there I think that's worth picking up that's going to put you on their back and take them, take you to the postseason just because a pitcher, what, for next month, next two months, might make, what are we talking about, maybe seven starts? Seven, maybe. Six, seven starts. starts yeah. and, and if they win, you know, six of those, six wins, yeah, that's great. But a, a regular pitcher might get a three. So you're talking about maybe a three win difference. Right. I don't think that's really going to make a huge difference in and, it and for and what you give up. It's not just and it's not just as easy as trading this person for that person. You got to think about the the future of the team. I think I think I think it was Taylor Blake Ward who who in, in that interview with you talked about Billy Epler talking about what trade stands for. It's not necessarily uh, it, it, trading for now is helping your team now and the long term. And in the so, long term, yeah. and you make you you make a trade for a guy who for a rental you're. You're giving up a, a top ten prospect. Well, then, what does that do for the organization? And a lot of people. And there's a question here. Uh, and Andrew Izzo says, "Yes, trade Jay up. It's not as easy as just trading no, Jay up. No, his contract's too big. He you're just not, signed you're a. Not, yeah. He just signed a five year. I mean, contract that's last that's year. one of those things where great in theory, great. Yeah, let's do that. But you have it's to think. You have to think logically, and that's not going to happen. And you got to remember, like, <laughs> if we trade him. who are we getting in return? Well, that's the thing too and, about about this game, about this team right, right. now. Yeah, Joe's killing it, but he's still in, in single and double A. Yeah, and like I said with 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 uh, with uh, Blake Ward, Tyler Blake Ward said, um, you know, he could be called up in triple A at any point, and we, no one would be surprised. Right. But he still needs that kind of time in triple A to, right. you know, at least kind of get his feet with there and then go to the majors, right? So with the minor league 
season ending this month. This is the last month of the minor league. August is. I shouldn't say right. July, but August is the last month of minor league baseball. So, you know, even if he gets called up tomorrow, he's still only going to have a month of AAA baseball underneath his belt, which will be good for the next year. But I don't think that makes him ready for now. Yeah, um, no. So, I, I mean, you kind of have to hold with the team you have because that's going to give you the best shot of competing this year without mortgaging the future um, by giving up, you know, uh, two or three prospects here and there. Yeah, exactly. So now I'll go to our questions on Instagram. Justin Football 8 says, do you think Trout will win MVP this year? I think he's a hands-down favorite right now. I mean, you got to look at who else is next to him in the competition, and you kind of just Don't say that. He's pretty much. Those are all pretty good. I mean, DJ Mayhew is probably the yeah, one that, that stands out the most, but his average obviously is higher than Trout's, but his other numbers, his slugging, his but, RBIs, his home runs aren't. Here's the other thing. Here's the thing to me that means a lot more is if you take LeMahieu out of that Yankees lineup, they're still the freaking Yankees. They're still winning games. Yeah. You take uh, Mike Trout out of the Angels lineup, and we're in trouble. And right. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's the yeah. most valuable thing that you can say. And that's the most valuable thing that you can do as a as a, um, a player. Man, it's crazy. Um, next email from our email account at allangelspodcast at gmail.com from Jason Greenbaum. He said, what's up, Johnny and Daniel? This is probably a hard question to answer. Hi. Yeah, probably a hard question to answer, but Berea had mu- had a much different start against L.A. than he did against Seattle, L.A. being a much better team, obviously. Does it really make that much of a difference starting than being the guy who's the f- who they call who or being the guy you guys call a follower? Boggles on mind how he pitched last night opposed to Friday night in Seattle. No, and it's funny, though, too, because they kind of mentioned that in the telecast as well. Um, and I looked up some of the numbers. So he has had, to this point, and again, I, granted, it's a really short sample size because he hasn't been with the team all year long. But he's had two really bad starts. I'm talking about giving up seven runs in Kansas City and the 10 runs beginning of this week in Seattle. And guess what? Both of those games, he was the quote-unquote follower or the bulk guy or whatever you want to call. Um, but you take those two out, those two starts out, He's he has a 3.07 ERA when you take those two starts out. And again, some of those are also in the bullpen kind of stuff, but a lot of those are you start the game from the beginning. So it could be a mental thing. You know, this this opener deal that the MLB's doing, you know, team to team to team, uh, works for some guys, and some guys it just might not work. Maybe he needs that kind of edge and the music playing and kind of getting hyped pregame to, to to really feel, you know, comfortable doing what he's doing. So um, it's something definitely to look out for his next start, with how that's going to be. But, I mean, you look at the numbers, again, like I said, you take out those two starts, or not even starts, those two – Bolt guy follower yeah. um, outings against Kansas City and Seattle. Take those out. He has a almost a three even ERA, which is really good for a young kid like that. It's crazy coming into the season. Berea was an afterthought, and you you almost forget about him because he wasn't in there. In there, you know, right at the beginning of the season, we were told, "Yep, he's not being he's not going to be in the rotation." And he was in Triple A, and you just kind of forgot about him. But the dude's only twenty three years old. He's got good stuff. He showed it last night. It's about maturing, like him, Suarez, well, Kane. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's about maturing. And it's about better. maturing and getting – I mean, he doesn't have an overpowering fastball, but he does when he can control his spots and use that changeup. He has yeah. a really good changeup, and when he can control it and spot it, that makes that fastball look, you know, five <clears throat> five miles per hour faster. No doubt. And when he can do it, he 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 he's a really good pitcher. It's just, like you said, he's young, comes to consistency, and that's a major part of, of his game right now is trying to be consistent. Yeah, as he gets older, just like Canning and Suarez, as he gets older, he'll start pitching deeper in the game. So um, I feel like that's obviously the weak spot for the Angels right now. But with maturity, with getting better – 
Yeah, that'll get better. Uh, next email comes from Lamar Washington. He says, what's good? Looking at the schedule now, it looks like the Angels have to take care of business right now. After this month, they got Boston, Oakland, Tampa, Cleveland, and Houston. No easy task. Can they make the run? Yeah, I mean, it's August, September are looking. They're going to make or break it. They can make the playoffs because in, in a weird way, they kind of control their own fate by if they win. Mm-hmm. So in August alone, we're talking about, again, this is not all the games, but these are probably the main ones. And You have three at Cleveland, a team in front of you. Four at Boston, and then three in Anaheim. So you have seven games against Boston. Again, another team ahead of you. Um, four at Texas, two at home against Texas. Again, Texas is hanging around that 500 mark. So, I mean, they – and then two, it's going to depend on the on the trade deadline. Um, you can think Cleveland might be a seller. They're still kind of up in the air. Boston is still up in the air. Texas is probably going to be a seller. So we'll see about that. Houston um, at Houston for three to end the month of August mm-hmm. into the 1st of September – but they're probably going to pick up a, a, a pitcher. So they're going to be better. Yeah, they're going to be no better. Doubt. All right. Then you start getting into September. Three against the A's at the A's. Oof. Two at home against the A's. Again, uh, A's might be a buyer. They're up there. They're ahead of the Angels. So you, that's going to be interesting yeah. to see. Again, three more at home against Cleveland. Um, three against uh, Tampa Bay. Again, they might be buyers. See how, see how it goes. And then you have three at New York. They'll definitely be buyers. So that can be a better team. And in that ballpark where they hit home runs and the Angels kind of – Achilles heel to this year has been giving up the home run. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then three at Houston and three home against Houston. So six Houston games in September. Again, probably with a better lineup, a better rotation because of the fact that they're going to be buyers. So in a way, they control their own destiny because if they beat a lot of those good teams, they'll hop them. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the good part. At least if you win, you go on. Whether they do or not, it's going to be kind of interesting to see. But um, in a weird way, they kind of control their own destiny by these teams they play the next two months. Yeah, they, they- Bottom line, win games. This is that simple. Win series, win, win games. Win games. It's one game at a time. Mike still shows you to say. Next and last email from our email account, Edward Vizcaino. With the freeway, freeway series behind us, I got to thinking, how real is this Angels-Dodgers rivalry? What are you guys' thoughts? I really honestly yeah. think it's just between the fans. It's a really a fan I, thing. I, it's getting more as it picks up. You know, Younger kids are, are becoming Angels fans, I think. It's one-sided because this is Southern California. The Dodgers were here before the Angels. There's, there was that tradition. I get it. Um, it's a cool thing to like the Dodgers. But I think now, you know, you're getting more younger kids who are choosing to be maybe Angels fans, and then they're getting older. And it's it's picking up steam. But as far as, you know, a real rivalry, I mean, these they only play four to six years, six times a year, depending on the schedule. Um, they've never faced each other in the playoffs. They've never faced. They've never eliminated each other from playoff contention or anything like that. Something that would really make you hate a team. Um, it's oh, really right. just yeah. a city city rivalry, a city bragging rights. But it's so it's, it's it's cool. It's, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's the fans. It's a fan rivalry more than like so the players. Them. I like beating um, them. The cool part about it, and you hear the players talk about it all the time. They love playing in that atmosphere because yeah. the fans get the fans into, are into it. Yeah. But I mean, if the fans get into the Dodgers, you know. Um, San Francisco rivalry, which they have legit one, it'll be just the same. And, and same way with um, uh, with the Angels. If if you know if the fans got up for Oakland and the A's and and or Oakland and the Angels and made it that kind of atmosphere that was at Dodger Stadium or Angel Stadium earlier in the year, the team would probably feel the same way as long as the atmosphere is there. So it's definitely something that you have to look out for. It's fun for 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 fans. It's fun for you know, like we said earlier, like. Everyone has a family member. Everyone has a, uh, a friend. Everyone has like a coworker that's yeah. on the opposite side of the fence on that yeah, one. So yeah. that's cool. But yeah. as far as players, 
I think they really enjoy the atmosphere because the fans are so crazy about it. But right. if you take that atmosphere and put it into any other game, they would like it just as much. I don't think the Dodgers aspect makes it any any it, better, better or worse. It's a fans. It's a fan driven driven rivalry, and and you know there's dumb Angel fans just like there's dumb Dodger fans, and it goes both ways. It, it's you know people are gonna. You know, your Angel fans are going to say that Dodger fans are classless and Dodger fans. And I've heard a lot of Dodger fans talk about how the Angels fans don't know anything. And I get it. It's, it is it is what it is. We live within an hour away from from them. You know, uh, it is going to be that bragging rights uh, right. for the city, mm-hmm. you know, for the, the region. No, you're right. Yeah. So it's always going to be like that. So another one from our uh, Instagram. I'll finish up our Instagram once. Uh, Otani underscore central. So I'm guessing it's an Otani what site. Otani underscore central. Um, will Trout hit 50 home runs this year? Yeah, I think, yeah. So right now, as we stand, he has 33 home runs, 81 RBIs. He'd have to do what he's doing now two more for two more months, and that's pretty – I mean, it's pretty ridiculous thought, for the but last, it could okay, happen. The last 30 games, he has 15 home runs. Right. So, again, two months left in the season for the most part. That's 30 more home runs. It it, it – it will be close. It would be. I. 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 I I'll say no. I'll say probably forty-five. It, it, it'll be hard. It'll be hard only because a couple. A, a couple reasons. It's. It's a lot. And look at the teams we're playing. And later in the year, right? They'll. They'll again. Oh, Otani. Speaking of Otani Central, um, if he starts having a great year, and then yeah, it's gonna be hard to pitch around Trout. But you always have that 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 worry that guys are gonna walk him or or pitch around well, yeah, him. Yeah. Now that the games mean more. Right. So there's always the teams you're playing. There's always that. Yeah. So you you know you always have to kind of. See about that and and how that's going to affect. But yeah, on the role he is on now, again, I wouldn't uh, surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But I just I, I think if I had to put money on it, I would probably take the under. Um, so we have another one from Ryan. I'm gonna jack up your last name, dude. Where is it? Baltazar. Baltazar. There we go. How, know, Ryan. There you go. How can the Angels improve their in-game fan experience? Dodgers have it perfect. I feel. Effective, I feel. Uh, do, uh, look, I, I Dodger Stadium is uh, a beautiful place. Um, that's you know, in, you, in Southern California, you have Angels and Padres and Dodgers. If you want a true baseball experience, you go to Dodger Stadium, and that's one hundred percent on the money. Um, it's it's a great, beautiful ballpark. It has a lot of history in it. Well, then too, they're gonna um. Renovate the, the renovate the the, that outfield. came out yeah, that came out this year. Cool. So we'll see how that looks again um, next year. Yeah, but uh, I'm not. I, it's a great baseball experience as far as you want to go to a stadium with some history and the, the kind of like the architecture of that time. It's a really beautiful stadium. It really is. Um, unfortunately, I've gone to a lot of games where you're kind of sitting around those cholos, those stupid fans, and and that's where you're like, I don't want to be there. Um, but nothing, not taking away anything from Angel Stadium because it's beautiful. It's got its own history. We all love it. And Petco is a great place to watch a ball just, game. I was it's just down there place. like uh, love it. two weekends love ago. Petco. Yeah. The, the, the atmosphere as far as the ballpark. More chill. More chill. I mean, you're right on the harbor. You can't get much better than that. Yeah. Um, and you also have um, the ability to just kind of walk around the ballpark and yeah. never really lose sight of the game. The yeah. food options are great. The drinking options are great. Um, the in-between inning stuff was actually really cool, too. They had a little thing. Um, and, again, the Angels mm-hmm. would – it would be cool to see the Angels do it. They do kind of like their thing when they do it with the players and name the song. Yeah. Um, but they had like an eighth inning karaoke or maybe a seventh inning karaoke thing um, where they play like a super famous song from like the late 90s, early 2000s. And the whole 
uh, stadium is singing it. So that's, you know, when you go to a concert, it's kind of cool when people start singing the song. So um, that was really fun. Uh, but yeah, it, Angel Stadium kind of has its has its perks, has its downfalls too. Um, what I really like about Dodger Stadium is that they have a real sense of history there, yeah. kind of like what you said. Yeah, and even and even and even the um, who am I thinking of? The Padres, they're starting to. I mean, you have the Gwyn um, statue, you have the right. uh, Hoffman statue, you have the stadium. Sandy the San Diego County Athletic Hall of Fame inside the stadium where. Either they played for a San Diego-based team or they're from the area. and They right. have, like, their plaques, and you can read a little bit about them. So stuff like that is really cool because, let's be honest, if you go to Angel Stadium, it's probably because you're from Orange County. If you go to Dodger Stadium, you're probably from L.A. County. So it's cool to go to these places and, and, and read about guys that came from your area that you might not have known. So that's really cool they do down in San Diego. I would love to see the Angels um, put up statues. Put up uh, – I, I mean – Granted, Vlad is the only f- the first Hall of Famer they've right, had, right. but it would still be cool to have a Witt statue there or a Ryan statue, Salmon, Salmon no. statue. Um, well, they got to retire his number first, and I don't know what the yeah, I don't know what Yeah, that's a whole different topic we can get into that later. Is, but, um, yeah, so uh, they, they do things well at both parks, the Dodgers and San Diego. I mean, and for Southern California, those are the two other options. Yeah. But Angels, you know, we'll see how this whole stadium – fiasco goes i mean it's kind of died down since the season started going right. but you got to believe as soon as the season's over that whole thing's it'll, gonna it'll, start it'll up, start up. up again but if they can remodel it put up a couple of statues kind of do something to to honor the past right and and make it kind of more recent i think that will help out a lot um but we'll, we'll see how it goes but again it is a very um dodger stadium has a lot of history behind it and san diego is just kind of the new shiny ballpark that has all the great stuff in it and, and one thing i like just before we change subjects on this one um San Diego, the Petco Park, all the seats are kind of slanted mm-hmm. towards home plate. Yep. So even if you're, you know, when me and my wife buy tickets, you know, it's, that's always an issue. Like, oh, these tickets are on the down the third base line, but right. you're always going to be kind of turned and kind of awkward in your seat. Right. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll get tickets out in right field. Oh, we'll get tickets out on left field. So no, we don't. So we don't have to turn. Every seat is perfect. But every seat at Petco has yeah. that little slant already to it, so you're not feeling all awkward or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, maybe they, they do another renovation. I mean, they had a big renovation yeah, after the Rams something's left. Gonna happen. But something's going to have to happen. You, you just kind of hope maybe they have some stuff on the outside of the ballpark, too, right. to kind of right. engage fans and photo opportunities. I mean, that Mickey's cool, but that Mickey's been there forever. Mm-hmm. You need you need to start getting some new stuff. Um, I want to answer real quick on Instagram Live, Hanford underscore Hato. Um, he said Angel Stadium was originally built as a multi-use stadium before the changes. Incorrect, my friend. Angel Stadium was built in 1966 as a baseball-only stadium. Then got renovated in 1979 uh, to accommodate the Rams. Rams. And all they really did was enclose center field. They made it all connect. So it was originally a baseball-only park. And then they turned into a football stadium. And then in 98, it opened like the stadium that we see now. And that's the thing, too. It's hard for renovations nowadays because it's not like, okay, you have a year to – No, you have – You have to – You have like, what, four months? Get it done. You know, or you're playing in a crappy stadium, which the Angels did before oh, yeah. in 1996 and 97, where there's concrete in the outfield. Right. It looks it, like well, crap. Exactly. So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Are you are you willing to take a hit as a management group? Because you're, you're not going to get as many people in there when everything's under construction. Right, yeah, so you will, are you willing to take that hit as a um, financial part of it? Mm-hmm. Or are you, are you just kind of have or to, just, okay, do little things? But yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I, I'm pick interested. and choose, I guess. That Dodger renovation looks pretty big, and they say they're going to be ready by next but, year. But that's so we'll in the see. outfield, like right. in the outfield, like behind the fence, behind the pavilion. So it's easier for them to work because there's nothing there right now. You know, they yeah, don't exactly. have to level so, anything out. But yeah, so I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, Angel Stadium makes some kind of renovation, even if it's just adding stuff around the ballpark and don't actually mess with the um, dimensions of the field or, or mess with the seating arrangements. But putting a statue here, putting a, a photo kind of thing there. Um, you know, I, I think that would help out a lot. Maybe a restaurant connected to it somewhere. I, I don't. I mean, there's so many things they, they're that they're trying to do. Um, so I mean, only time can really tell. And maybe um, you know, the scoreboards at the beginning of last year was a big, big plus. It was awesome. Um, and you don't realize how big those things are until you go to Petco. Again, Petco has really nice stuff, but their screens are nowhere near as big huge. as yes. Angel Stadium. And you don't realize that until especially when you stand underneath it. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. bright, and yeah. and that's where we were for the no hitter. Yeah. So I mean that that's it. That's cool. we're um, we're good. Right. Again, uh, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. They're both the same, so it's super easy. Halo underscore Haven. Um, you know, we, we like the responses we get from here. Um, so we'll probably do that more too once we get uh, the schedule going for the podcast. We'll throw it up there and ask for questions from from the group, from the fans, and yeah. So we'll do it that way. And other than that, um, follow us. Rate us on here. Subscribe. You can subscribe to uh, All Angels Podcast on Spotify, um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it nowadays. Google Play. Uh, the, the kids. Um, but, yeah, so and give us a review, especially you guys on uh, Apple Podcasts. It's the easiest way to spread the word for this for this podcast that we're trying to grow. We're trying to make it better, trying to make it um, enjoyable for the fans. Um, so if you have any questions, comments, questions, uh, concerns, Again, the easiest way to get hold of us that we'll guarantee to see it is through our email at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. No doubt. Yeah. Give us a follow. Send your comments and questions there. Other than that, that's going to wrap it up for this week. I'm going to go and watch the game, man. Actually, grab some dimmer and watch just, the game. Yep, it just, just started. started. Yep. So, um, yeah, I am Johnny Max. I'm Dan Garcia. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.